Yo, yo, welcome to episode number 65 of the Basketball Card Podcast. I'm your host, Adam. You can reach me at Real27Guy or at Basketball Card Fanatic on Instagram. Uh, welcome to episode number 65. It's been, oh man, it's been over a month. I'm getting worse and worse at doing these podcasts. Um, I apologize for that. Life is busy, and ho- hopefully you guys will... Um, will uh, forgive me for that. Um, I want to start off today's issue by plugging BCF, Basketball Card Fanatic. Uh, BCF issue 15 will start being delivered to doorsteps here in the next few days. And then um, a little bit over a week after that, we're going to send out the digital copies. Um, we're going to let hard copies be the driver now of when we send out digital. So um, if you are used to getting your digital on the second Saturday of each month, that may or may not still be the case, um, depending on when the hard copies are delivered. We want people who order the hard copies to get them and to be able to read them without feeling like they need to go check out the, the digital copy first. So um, that's the reasoning for that. Um, issue 15 is, um, is all about the 90s. The whole issue is 90s focused. So for those of you out there who are 90s collectors, if you didn't grab your hard copy, which um, you know, if, you, if you missed it, there is no way to go reorder through us. You might be able to find an issue at your card shop or something like that, but you're not going to be able to, to order them directly from us, unfortunately. You will, however, still be able to get the digital version, and uh, it's definitely one of our most popular digital versions yet, and that's awesome considering we haven't even uh, released it yet. So if you would like to subscribe or if you'd like to order that copy, you can go to our new website bcfmag.com that's bcfmag.com basketballcardfanatic.com will also get you there if you you forget bcfmag alright so go grab the digital version if you haven't already and while you're at it subscribe to the hard copies the hard copies are super popular and everybody who's um, subscribed has loved them feedback has been fantastic and uh, as always I want to thank um, those of you who have helped write for the magazine and I want to help want to ask uh, sorry want to thank uh, our sponsors as well who have helped us to keep our costs down in the beginning it looked like we were we were going to have to charge something close to $20 an issue to be able to um, produce the magazine and now we're all the way down to $12 and if you uh, subscribe for a year it's even closer to 10 bucks and that's because our our awesome sponsors have stepped up and and made that possible so want to thank you guys for that all right, um, this episode's one that I've been looking forward to, and I apologize because I actually teased this um, about two weeks ago, um, or nearly two weeks ago, and I didn't mean to tease it for so long, but uh, we had a week-long vacation in between uh, when, I, when I thought I was going to do the podcast, and now, and even now I don't really have time to do it, <laughs> but, but I'm going to do it anyways because... I um, because I wanted to do this one for a little while, so I I made a post on my Instagram, um, like I said over a week ago, and the post had 32 of of my favorite cards, um, cards uh, cards ranging from a couple thousand dollars um, up to you know some of my really most valuable my really most valuable cards. Uh, cards like the Jordan PMG and the Kobe Gold 2012 and you know the 2008 Gold 
uh, Kobe with LeBron guarding him. Just some of my really big best cards. And I posted this, and I posted th that to my Instagram. In fact, I'll read you what I what I wrote to find it real quick this is bad podcast form by me forgive me I wrote 20 oh sorry 28 of my best cards want to know why they're all out and in this picture I'll do a podcast soon to describe why so it's got it's got my Wilt Chamberlain 68 tops test and my Kobe Logoman tag auto out of noir it's got my Jordan gold fusion number to 40 and the Jordan Jambalaya and the Yao Ming Super uh, Fractor and the Kobe's first autograph patch, number eight. It's got the Steph Gold. It's got all, really all, almost all of my best cards in it. And I had them, you know, I had them actually, you can tell in the picture, I had them out. It wasn't just that I had like combined a bunch of pictures together. I had actually pulled them all out for this picture. And I wanted to, to do that for, you know, for a specific reason. And that is because that was the last time that I was gonna ever have those cards together. Um, no, I'm not selling them, but I sent those cards, all of my big cards, I sent them to PWCC uh, for them to vault them. And the purpose of this episode is to talk about why I did that. Again, before anyone asks any questions, I'm not selling my collection. I'm as bullish on the basketball card market and hobby as I've ever been. I like it as much as I ever have, and um, I think it's I think it's the best hobby in the world, and I love it. And I love cards as an investment class too. Um, you know, if you would were to have said a couple of years ago that the prices would climb as much as they have, people most people wouldn't have believed you. Um, but there's a reason why I, as if you look back at this podcast, you'll you'll remember me saying there's a reason why. Um, I had I stopped selling my base cards a few years ago, and that is because it became really clear to me that that this that this was becoming. And this is going to sound super hypey, so forgive me, but this was becoming a real investment class. I heard about the fractional guys. I understood what funds were. Um, I've been in the um, fund industry for 12 years now, um, and and I I could see what was coming. I had the opportunity to start a card fund. But in order to do that, one of the prerequisites was that I was gonna to have to sell my collection. And I was unwilling to do that, and so we didn't start a fund. Um, who knows if that was the right decision? Probably not. Uh, probably could have made a lot more money um, if I would have sold my collection, but I didn't wanna sell my collection. And I'm so glad that I have it. So from a personal perspective, I'm glad that I didn't do that, but I digress. The point is that I, I believed for a long time that, that the market had really incredible potential. And now, with the way that things are moving with fanatics, and um, also you see the big money that's come to play for CSG, for PSA, um, guys, the, the, the market is, um, is not a sure thing. No market is. But there are a lot of signs that, that this is not the end. Um, but that the gains and some of the really like significant growth that we've seen, that we're not that we're not at the end of that, and so, and combining that with the fact that I just simply love my cards and I love my collection and I don't have a need to sell, um, I, I I don't have any plan to sell. But again, I digress. So why then, Adam? Why would you send all of your stuff to PWCC where you can't handle it, where you can't have your cards? 
you know, at your, you know, just, you can't just get them out anytime you want to. And again, that's the purpose of this episode. Um, by the way, I'm not, I'm not getting paid to do this episode. Um, PWCC is a sponsor of BCF. They have been incredible partners. I've grown to be friends with several people who were over there, um, people who I respect and people who I trust. Um, but I'm not getting paid for this. They are smart. They are kind. Their software is the best in the industry and it is not close. The experience with them is completely professional and literally like it's um, it's as you would have it. If, if you could describe a company who's going to tackle the things that PWCC has tackled and say, that's what I want the company to look like, that's who PWCC is. That's been my experience with them. Now, I know that there's other people out there who probably haven't had as good an experience. And, uh, and that's the same with all companies, right? But you can only go off of the experience that you've had and the feeling that you have. And my feeling is that PWCC has been, like I said, fantastic partners at BCF. But more than that, they've been wonderful in, in how, I've, how I've interacted with them directly. Um, there have been times where I've asked for something and they've gotten it to me in a way where I'm like, that was probably too fast. I don't know how they're, you know, how they're doing it. I don't know how they've grown the team that they have, but the quality of the people and the things they do is something that I have personally been very impressed with. And um, I was, you know, faced with a uh, a situation where um, where I was going out of town, like I said last week. Um, and I don't know if any of you have had these have had this uh, situation before, but but every time I leave town and my family is gone for a while. I get nervous. I get nervous about my cards. <laughs> I have in my house a very large safe that no one will ever be able to just go pull out with any ease, and that's where my cards live. and And um, and that's you know that's where that's where they've been for the longest time. And a few years ago, um, I went through the process of getting the collection insured, right? And at that time, I think you know the collection was worth was worth what seemed like a huge amount of money at the time. I think it was worth like $100,000. And I went through and I paid the, the money that I needed to have it insured. And then when I looked at the fine print, I realized that only a certain percentage of the collection was insured if I took the cards to a show or, or something like that. And, and I looked at the cost of the insurance and what I was actually getting for it. And I thought, that's not great. It's both really expensive and not super helpful. You know, then the next year came and the the collection, you know, had grown and value had grown too, and I think it was worth like two hundred thousand dollars. And I thought, you know, should I should I insure it now? And I looked at the fee, and the insurance was a lot. Like the potential insurance cost was a lot of money. And I thought, man, I don't really want to pay that, but I paid it, and you know, I just sort of looked at it like, well, that's what you have to do to make sure that your cards are safe. We fast forward to to now. And I know I'm not alone in this. My my collection has grown in value to a point where it's a, it's like it's a huge part of my net worth, and and the value is is really like it's a lot, right? All those things, um, you know, related to um, the 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 
the market has what I'm trying to say is the market has moved in the way that that you would have guessed if you realized that the fractional ownership people and um, the fund guys um, were going to come come to market, and if you realized that social media was going to do what what it has done to the market. Um, you know, the, my, my collection, I'm not trying to boast her, but because I think that it's the same thing for a lot of us who've been around, for most of us who've been around for a long time, my collection's just grown to a point where I was uncomfortable having the cards in my house anymore. And in some ways, that's really sad, right? Because you'd like to just have your cards at your disposal anytime where you can just sort of like pull them out and say, hey, look, I've got this or I've got that. And that's how I've been forever. I've just been able to go get into my safe and stuff. But I realized that I was suddenly not comfortable with that anymore. And you could say, well, but you had a safe and, you know, you could have insurance. Insurance is expensive and safes are breakable. Um, you know, safes are, um, people steal safes. People break into homes and take whole saves and then crack them when they when they you know get away. People crack safes when they're in places when they're in homes. People you know hold um, bad guys hold people up and make them open safes in front of them. There's all sorts of things that can happen when you have a physical asset. By the way, when you send assets to a vault, it's not like they're perfectly safe either. The reality is that in this, you know, mortal world that we live in, your physical goods are not perfectly safe ever. Um, you know, things are always stealable, and um, there's always theft, there's always accidents, there's always bad things that happen. And so, you know, it, it's the same of any asset. Nothing is perfectly safe. Um, but I, I looked at my situation and I thought, man. I have an incredible amount of value here that that um, that I can't just risk to having you know somebody come to my house and hold my wife up for for for, for our cards and for our money. And so I sent it. I sent it all. I sent all the big stuff um, and a lot of the a lot of the other big stuff was already at PWCC. I sent it all to the vault. And again, I'm not getting paid to tell you guys this. I'm telling you this because for me, the decision making came down to I'm about to leave my house for a week, go to California, go hang out with my wife and my kids at the beach. Can I, am I going to have any peace of mind leaving those cards at my house? And the answer was no. The answer to that was to send it into PWCC and, um, you know, let, let them do what they do. Um, I asked them every question in the book beforehand. Um, you know, every question regarding uh, data retention and who's able to get into the vault and where the really expensive call cards in the vault go to make sure that they're extra safe and what other processes there are, what the you know what the details around the insurance are. I asked them everything. I I think Jesse Craig probably got tired of of answering my questions. Um, but he was super helpful, and he couldn't have been better about about answering those. Um, not only J um, Jesse, but Jason, um, Chris, um, several of the other guys over there were just Corey. They were they were great people to answer questions and to help me to feel comfortable. And again, I don't think there's any way when you're when you're dealing with assets that are worth this this amount, physical assets. There's no way that you can be perfectly safe. Um, 
but it, to me it felt like they were willing to really open the kimono on what their on what their processes were and it made sense to me to um, to get them to or to send them the cards now what that looks like for me I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what that looked like I asked them if I could get a, a label um, and, and that label is a fully insured label a FedEx label and they told me they said hey if you're if you're you know open to it we could have an armored car pick pick it up um, you know there's several other options you could you could drop them off here but for me it just kind of knowing that the that the cards were fully insured through FedEx and through PWCC's um, insurance I just was willing to put them in a box and so I packed up these it ended up being like 30 cards total um, the 28 in the picture and then there were two more that I sent um, I put them all in, in a box I put the label on it I drove to FedEx <laughs> I get to FedEx and I've got this box in my hand and I'm like man what am I doing here and um, I handed it to this lady behind the counter and she's like oh what's in here and I said oh some basketball cards she's like oh wow there's some there's a lot of basketball cards in here. I was like, no, there's only like 30. She's like, wow, are any of them worth a lot of money? <laughs> I was like, uh, I think I just straight up lied to her. I was like, <laughs> I think there's a few times in life where, where lying is acceptable. And probably when you're putting a box in the mail, it's worth that much money. Lying is, is, probably, is probably a good moment. And it's probably a good moment to lie to her because it was fully insured. You know, she didn't need to know what the value was. At that point, so she was she was just being curious, right? And I was like, no, they're just you know they're just cards that I collect, and I'm sending them to my you know to this off this offsite thing where they're gonna they're gonna hold them for me and make sure they keep them safe. And she's like, oh wow, that's yeah, that's really cool. And so you know I I had her package this this smaller box into a larger box. It was super well protected. They put the label on. I took a couple pictures. I sent the pictures the picture of the label um, on its way to PWCC and you know PWCC got the box and um, you know I told them that they could um, you know I, I just said if you guys you know want to do anything with these that are promotional you, you're welcome to do it but you're also welcome to not do anything at all um, but thank you for, for for helping with this and so you know the next day after they'd gotten them um, I got a message saying, "Hey, check your, you know, check your your vault. Uh, you'll you'll see that they've started to pop up." And sure enough, there they were. Um, since they've been in there, um, you know, then I was able to go on vacation and feel like a huge peace of mind, right? Because I didn't need to think about somebody breaking into my house anymore. I didn't need to think about somebody like figuring out what my combination was or figuring out how to steal my safe or how to break into my safe. Instead, I was just, you know having fun in California with my family. Um, the other thing that I that I didn't want to forget, but now I have forgotten, hopefully it comes back to me in a moment. Um, um, the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, every time, the every time I, I leave town situation, um, not only is is that something that, that weighed on me, but the idea that, that I was kind of that I was for this last couple years that I wasn't insured, and I wasn't insured fully because of how expensive the insurance became. Where PWCC is now um, insuring your cards without cost, it's it's a great deal for you if you're somebody like me who's not who's not looking to sell the cards. Um, the thing about that is though that that then you can't just get the cards back anytime. 
there's a cost that's associated with that, right? There's a small percentage. The small percentage is like next to nothing. When you think of like a, a you know a part a portion of one percent of a card, you start to go, you know what? That actually isn't very much money. You know, sometimes you have to actually say, okay, if I have a twenty thousand dollar card, one percent of that is two hundred dollars. So if I am paying one half of 1% or one quarter of 1% to get it back, what does that cost? It's just not that much money. And the extra peace of mind that comes with it, again, to me, was you know was really valuable. So you get the insurance and you get the peace of mind and all of that. And, and like I said, the, the thing about PWCC is they, they, in my experience, they do these things the right way. And so, um, you know, they're all, they're all up immediately. I can go and I can see them. And then the, the thing that I didn't anticipate that I realized, actually I just realized this today, um, that I, that I really appreciate about, about their vault that is, um, that's like, that's an extra added benefit is the quality. If you, if you take the, the, if you look at the, the image of the card and you click on the little button that makes it go into high resolution, you can scroll in so well that you can see the card in a lot of ways better than you could even see the card when you had it in person to the naked eye. Um, I'm not a big like loop guy. I'm not a big magnifying glass guy, but I like scrolling on these images on PWCC's site, and I go, "Wow!" Like I see, honestly, I see some some things about some of the cards where I'm like, "Oh, that did have damage that I didn't notice before," or you know, that maybe that's why that got the grade that it got because there's things that you're seeing when you blow when you when you really zoom in, you can see so many things. So that's you know that's an extra added. Um, you know, benefit. I think I have just a few few last points that I want to make, and then I'll I'll keep this episode short. Um, you know, for some of us, for those of us who've been around around for a long time, um, and have have watched our collections grow, um, you, I, I didn't feel comfortable not having the cards insured anymore, and so I would suggest to anybody to look for a good insurance option um, whether it's personally insured or through your home insurance or through a through a vaulting service like PWCC or one of the other groups out there um, now I would look at that would look at insurance insuring your collection the other thing I'd say is our collections aren't just or they're not just fun anymore they're still fun and they're still great but for some of us they've grown to such a point where we have to think about um, what bad guys would do to acquire the cards. Some people will say there's not really a black market for cards anymore. Um, that may or may not be true, but, but what is definitely true is that for a lot of cards, um, especially ones that are not specifically identifiable easily, cards that aren't serial numbered, for example, those cards, if they're broken out of a slab, very difficult to identify and movable in lots of different ways. And so, you know, I, I think it's still worth thinking about theft, even if you don't think there's a black market for cards. I think that it, there's still a lot of reasons to worry about theft. There's a guy a couple years ago, you guys might remember, who um, who had his Jordan Ultra Stars gold stolen, and that was cracked out of a PSA 10 case. And um, you know, when that happened, it just makes you sick. He ended up getting the card back. It was regraded as a nine. The guys who broke it out didn't didn't keep it in the same condition that they did or that it was in before it came out but 
that sort of thing is possible. And I and I think it it you know should make make you nervous. Going back to my previous point though, the cards are real financial assets. They're um, for a lot of us they're a large portion of our net worth, and I think we need to. Even if, even if you're like me where you just love your cards and you think they're you know, great and you don't think you're ever going to sell them or you don't think they're, you're going to sell them for a long time, I think it still makes sense to ensure um, to them and to make sure that they're kept safe. Um, last thing, the funds and the fractional groups and the real investors out there are really paying huge sums of money for cards. Maybe that sentence doesn't carry the, maybe that's something you already knew was true. Um, my experience has been that, that these entities are real and they really are spending a lot of money on these cards, um, on, you know, on what, the, what people would call like investment grade cards. Um, that's, that's a real thing and that's not gonna change anytime soon. And so, you know, I would, I would invite each of you to look at your collection, whether it be PWCC or another insurance group or another group out there, evaluate what makes sense to you. Ask yourself if you have some of these same concerns that I do or that I did when I would leave my house. Um, you know, do you feel really safe? Do you feel really secure? Are your cards and the value that they um, hold, are they really actually safe where they are? Um, and like I said, no, nowhere is going to be perfectly safe, but what's the thing that makes the most sense to you? And um, what's the thing that you'll feel best about? For me, that was sending it. That was sending the collection to PWCC. So if you guys have any other questions, if you have any questions about, about why I did what I did, you know, any follow-up questions, I'd be happy to answer. As always, you can DM me at the real 27 guy. Um, if you, um, you know, if you have... Any thoughts? Uh, be be sure to be sure to uh, send those along to me. And if you um, you know going back to uh, to um, the magazine, um, the magazine has has uh, has grown a great deal over the course of the last few months. Part of that's because of our new website, um, which enables you to more e easily purchase and navigate. You know what what F, what issues you want. And um, and so you know that's part of it, but the other part of it is just that our, our sponsors and our writers have been fantastic at helping us grow the magazine. And so um, you know, and again, PWCC, full disclosure, PWCC is right at the head of that. So I want to thank them for all the work that they've done to help grow the magazine, and um, I want to thank the other sponsors and the other writers. You guys have done a fantastic job. Again, issue 15 is uh, coming out. You'll you'll see it here uh, if you order a hard copy. You'll see it here on your doorstep here in the next week or so, um, and the digital uh, the digital issue will come soon after that. The 90s issue is spectacular. The interview with Grant uh, Waldorf stories is awesome and the articles that were done by the other contributors were fantastic so if you still want that please go subscribe um, please dm me if you have any questions and uh yeah um i uh want to thank you guys for joining again today and um until next time i am uh, the real 27 guy and until next time happy collecting <laughs>